What's up, guys? We're here. We got a lot to talk about. Dougie's in the booth. Got my coworkers, my boys, Benny and Jake here. Benny, what's up, brother? What's going on? Jake? Yo. Hola, amigos. <clears throat> guys, we got a lot to talk about today. This is a big episode for us, uh, an exciting episode for us. I know we've been teasing it for a while. We dropped it today on the gram. We are now changing from the breakfast ball pod to the gentleman's double. We'll get into a little bit why we think the gentleman's double is more on brand for us. But first, I'd like to say thank you, everybody that followed us on the breakfast ball pod for the first three years. We did a lot of things. I'm not sure we thought we'd get this far. I think we, you know, it was going to be like a couple episodes and we'd lose interest, but I really enjoyed doing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really excited for the rebrand. We've done a great job. I think, Benny, you with the logo, <clears throat> you and your boy got some skills. So we did a great job there. Jakey with the, the intro little video we dropped today. Oof, man, I love that thing. Let me tell you, uh, I can't explain what it did to me internally because it's not PG rated, but uh, it was good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I'm just really, really excited to uh, to get in and talk why we think the the gentleman's double plays more onto kind of our brand with uh, what we already rebranded our Ryder Cup to the gentleman's cup and uh, just other things that we do on a daily basis when we play golf. So <clears throat> I think before we kind of jump into anything else, I guess, Jake, do you want to you want to say anything, say thank you to everybody before we, we talk about the, the rebrand? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel the same way as you. I really obviously appreciate everybody who's, you know, been on board and followed us and listened and. I mean, some of my some of my close friends who listen, you know, send me texts every week about shit we should change or talk about or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's growth. Like we did this kind of on a whim. We're like, hey, let's record a podcast. And yeah, I didn't think we would, especially after the the first kind of break that we had to take when everybody was moving. And I think you were getting like internet lines, um, <laughs> Doug at your house. You know, it was like. There was just obstacles. Disaster. And, yeah. yeah. And and I didn't think that we would maybe come back from that. And, and we have. And so, yeah, the, it's important for us to evolve. And I think that's kind of what this is. Vinny, say no thank doubt. you. I would I would agree with Jake. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, we appreciate, you know, all the listens and, and feedback that we've gotten from, you know, family and friends and, and new friends and followers. Um, you know, I, I see that people that we're not directly associated with are now commenting on some of our stuff, which is awesome. Um, keep interacting with us and you know, we'd love to keep interacting with you guys. So thanks again. Um, yeah, I guess let's dive into why we had to make this big change. Yeah. So guys for complete transparency, you know, we've, we've been trying to figure out what, what we thought our next direction needed to be for the last couple months, six months or so. I, you know, I think the, the breakfast ball pod was a good, first step for us but to be honest you know there was a couple other accounts out there on instagram and youtube and others that were kind of directly associated to that and not and not uh part of us you know things where we would get some dms from other people where they thought we were different accounts and whatnot there were some other podcasts out there uh some other instagram accounts that had you know 10 20 000 followers that were either a similar logo to what we had or um a, a similar name and so, you know, we took a lot of thought and time into what we thought would be the best step. And I think we went back and forth internally, all three of us, as to, man, maybe we should keep it. Maybe we should change the logo, change just the name. And I think what we came up with was was the best idea uh, possible, which was 
let's just get away from the breakfast ball pod and kind of come up with something we thought was on brand. And I think, you know, we all came up with a couple of names. We kind of spitballed them. And I believe it was Vinny who came up with the gentleman's double. And I, I think we all automatically were like, yeah, this is, this is a no brainer. Uh, the gentleman's double is something that our boy Tom came up with on the course. Shout out to Tom. He takes, he takes a lot of GDs out there. <laughs> um, no offense to him, but uh, you know, he just picks up and he says, yeah, give me a gentleman's double. So that was something that we've been using phrasing wise for a while now. And uh, as you guys already know, cause we've done, I think two or three broadcasts about it. The gentleman's cup now is our version of the Ryder cup, which is uh, 24 guys that we take on a yearly trip. And this year we're going to Big Cedar Lodge. I think we revealed that in the fall. <clears throat> we'll talk more about that as we get closer to June when we go, which is the first weekend in June in Big Cedar in Branson, Missouri. But uh, again, that's just more on on brand with with the gentleman's double and, you know, a little bit more of a, a classy name. I think it's got a, a, a more uh, a cleaner logo, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And um, just I think a, a lot of different things that we can kind of branch off of that double that. Uh, that design, whether it's, uh, you know, different clothing articles we're going to put together or it's better for the podcast, better for people to kind of recognize that name with us. So, and to be honest, we did a lot of research. There's nobody else in the, in the business and, or in any other business that uh, has that name or anything near our logo. So, uh, that's what I'm the most excited about. It's kind of something we can grow on our own and we can take it kind of wherever we want. And, um, and that's kind of what I have to say, Jake, you have anything you want to add to that? Not really. I mean, I think I think the the you're the you're the corporate guy in the group. I think the word that they use for this in in the meeting rooms is synergy, right? Brand synergy. <laughs> like it's just the idea that we kind of you know we can link things together a little more. And like you said, the gentleman's cup is more on brand. And I don't know. I think I think it is uh, cleaner and a little bit more sort of grown up for us, for sure. No doubt. Yeah, I just think that this is the uh, the first step towards kind of paving our own path and and uh, it, it was much easier to do this now at our size versus maybe a, a larger size so yeah i think this is mm-hmm. just the right time and uh obviously we hope we keep growing and we're going to keep providing you guys the same same and or better content so uh let's roll cool. let's do it hey guys so let's get into our first episode here this will be episode number one we are going to start a new show so we'll be posting that on the on the Instagram uh, page, on our page, our bio. So you will have to click on a new link. You're going to have to subscribe. It's just something that Apple Podcast does, Spotify does, that when you once you create a show, you can't really change the, the URL or whatever the technical term is that Vinny will yell at me for later. But uh, you can't basically change that address. So we're starting a new show. It's going to be The Gentleman's Double. It's an easier name to find, I think, on Spotify than The Breakfast Ball Pod was too. That's another, another reason. But... Uh, yeah, let's get into it. So I know we, we have a couple new segments that Jake and Vince talked about two weeks ago on the pod or, or last week on the shorter episode that we put out. We're going to jump straight into the clubhouse this week and talk about uh, a few things that, with the waste management, as well as uh, I'm sure most of you have seen already. There's been some talk about the vi- bifurcation of the equipment or the ball rolling back between the USGA, the professional players and the amateurs. So let's jump into the waste management Phoenix Open, which I think we all said before we jumped in, we jumped on the pod, was one of our favorite events. I think not only for what everybody knows is the Stadium Green, which is 16, and really they've kind of turned 17 into a, a stadium as well now, where it's the reachable par four. Uh, but just you know, an unbelievable event. 
it's got a really, really good field this year because a lot of the Europeans aren't traveling back and forth with COVID restrictions and quarantining. Rory McIlroy is playing in the in the field. He hasn't played in quite a while. Uh, I think actually he is making his his debut, which is huge for not only that that event, but just for viewership. And uh, it's got a lot of the top players in the world that are out there because they all really, really enjoy this event. I think uh, before we kind of talk about <clears throat> who's in the field and whatnot, Jake, what kind of draws you to the waste management every year? Yeah, I think obviously it's a tournament where it's on like kind of a very okay golf course, but it's such a environment and kind of cultural thing that's like sort of found its niche out there. Um, I think it really draws a lot of eyes to watch and it just feels different. I think we talk a lot on the pod in general about the idea of like being unique on tour is really hard to do. There's so many events. They all feel sort of similar. Um, you know which ones the big ones are, but this is one of the ones that I would say like isn't a huge event, and yet it it found a way to feel very different, right. very unique. And I think that's just what brings me to it a lot. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, along with it being the same weekend as the Super Bowl every year, it kind of takes mm-hmm. that theme. It's like a big party that everybody just enjoys being at. You know, they put hundreds of thousands of people normally into the that stadium area around there in. The, 16, 17, 18, and even 15, which is the bar five before 16. <clears throat> and yeah, it's just kind of this desert oasis that uh, always kind of steals the the spotlight and, and finishes right before Super Bowl kicks off, which is always you know a fun thing to do. And I think a couple of years ago, it was actually in the same city. So I'm sure that would have been a wild time to be there for both the waste management and the Super Bowl. Uh, Vinny, what do you enjoy about the waste management every year? I mean, well, let's start here for me. Um, I, I think it's just the atmosphere um, and I'm going to ask you guys, have they said anything about fans at the event this week? Yeah. So they're going to allow up to 5,000 fans into the stadium on 16. I think they released about 15,000 tickets for the total event. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it's not going to be the a hundred thousand normally, but they are, uh, letting people on, on site. See, that's, that's where. I wanted, you know, I wanted to make sure there's going to be people out there. I I would think that there's a chance that the event could have fallen flat with zero fans this year. Um, yeah. And I, I was actually agree. thinking, maybe is that why Rory's playing? You know, like, is, it, is that why there's not as many fans out there? But um, if if anything, uh, for him, like, it's the first time, I think this is a really good opportunity to get his feet wet at the Waste Management. And you never know, he may like it. A lot, and I still think it's going to be pretty damn loud inside of 16. Um, like I said, I don't think any other event in golf creates this environment, and this is exactly why this tournament is as good as it is. So, uh, you know, that's what I want, and I love seeing uh, them put pins and hole-in-one locations. It's it's one of my favorite things out there, so it's going to be good as always. I agree. I think that, you know, the waste management's kind of always been at the forefront of, of attracting the non-golfer to a to a sporting event so i'm hoping they can continue to do that this week with uh however they broadcast it and then showing you know how the fans are at the stadium uh and and whether or not it uh, looks full or not I, I think it'll still be a it'll be a good time let's get into the field this week as i just as i said earlier there is a lot of really really good players in the field this week uh 132 people in the field and guys like Roy McIlroy making their tournament debut. Uh, also, the big names there are Bubba Watson's in the field, Sung J.M., Hideki, Ryan Palmer, Daniel Berger, 
Xander Shoffle, Webb, JT, and Rom all in the field. There, I think they said there was like eight, eight, yeah, eight major champions in the field this week. So, really looking forward to to seeing that. Um, but I guess I'll just go ahead and jump into power rankings real quick, even though I talked through most of them there in order. Uh, Michael Thompson, who had a, a decent year last year, is 15th. Max Homa coming off a a really good event. Uh, was that two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, two weeks ago. And then uh, 13th, Gary Woodland. Will Zalatoris, 12th, who played well last week. Billy Horschel, who's been on a run here the last six months, is 11th. Bubba Watson, 10th. Sung J.M., the guy who's always in the top five, 9th. <clears throat> Hideki who's won here twice, back-to-back, 2016-2017, and has always played well here. His eighth, Roy McIlroy, seventh, Ryan Palmer, coming off a couple good runs. I think he finished T2 back in 2015. Yeah, he did. Uh, and he's got two two T4s here um, in the last four starts that he's made on tour. Uh, Daniel Berger, fifth, coming off a heater last year. Also played well in uh, Hawaii swing, T- T10 and T7. Did not play last week. And then Xander Shoffley, fourth, Bub Simpson, third. JT second, and John Rahm number one. Uh, Vinny, let's go ahead and go with your pick and why you are taking him this week. Yeah, so I'm, again, not burning a big name um, first three weeks of the year, but I am taking a champion of recent years uh, in whom I'm taking Gary Woodland. Reports he's feeling great. His back is back in, in shape. I think he played pretty well last week. Um and so Woodland's going to be my pick going into this event this week. Love it. So Vinny's going with 13th ranked in the power rankings, Gary Woodland. Jakey, who are you riding with? So I don't do as much research as you guys. I'm kind of going on a gut feeling. Uh, <laughs> You're not a big well, numbers guy. <laughs> no, see, here's the thing. I don't have the pool. So I don't have anything, you know, anything serious riding on it. But I saw. You have pride. Yeah, I do have. That's true. I do have pride. I saw though that, that this guy he went out. He 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 lost his like mythical three wood. He went out. He sourced one. He found one in the wild, left over. Scotty Scheffler is my pick this week. He's got the Nike VR Tour Limited, whatever it's called, three wood back in the bag. His baby, and uh, the guy's just. I mean, he he's been a great player for the last calendar year, and he's been in some big moments. I think it's a good course. Uh, set up for him. Not that there's really any that isn't because he hits it so good. Um, so I'm going with Scotty Scheffler. I love it. It's pretty crazy. He's not in the top 15 for the power rankings. And he's uh, missed two cuts uh, in a row. Oh, really? Having yeah, a little tough three, oh, yeah. You took one. him. Did you take him last week, Vinny? No, I did not. Last week? No, he uh, took Harris last English week. last week. Mm, what a catastrophe that guy. FL. No. Also miscut. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough. Um, all right, well, I am going to go a little bit different here, although he's in the power rankings in number seven. I'm going to roll with Ryan Palmer this week, the Texan, who's been coming that's off been uh, a yeah, decent uh, little stretch here for him. And uh, I think that he's going to, to perform. I am in second place right now in the pool, so way better than I was doing last year. Well, I think I was coming off like three dead lasts at this point. Uh, with a win last week, I took old Patty Fatty Reed, and uh, even though he a little controversy, I got a win out of him, and then I got a second place out of Jocko week one in Hawaii. Um, kind of choked, actually. Should have won that event. But anyways, I had a couple yeah. guys I wanted to talk through and who uh, you know normally play in these events or some guys that are rookies for this, this field and see how you think they're going to do. 
First, we'll start with Jake's beloved boy, Jordan Spieth. How do we think oh old Spieth's going to do this week at the Waste Management? Make, make cut or miss cut? I'm, Vince, well, do you want to go first? It, this, is, this is just, I actually read an article earlier today that Jordan, he's 50-50 on making cuts. But the two cuts he made, he finished inside the top 10. So it's like, that, what can you base it off of? I think Jordan misses the cut this week. So, Love it. 0 for 3 in those last three times out there. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I watched his whole round, round one at Torrey Pines. He was on feature group coverage. And uh, I think actually Vince and I were recording a little mini pod, and I had it on the screen at work. And I don't think he he hit a shot one time where he was trying to get it. Like he was pointing all over the golf course, left, right, short, you know, throwing his hands in the air. I, I don't know what is going on with him. I have no clue if he'll ever come back from this. And I definitely think he misses a cut in a field this big. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you need to overthink it. He's one of the worst golfers on the planet right now. He is going to miss cut this week at the waste management. Just kidding. He's not one of the worst, but Top five worst in the, in the tour on the tour right now. I think if you were going to look at guys that I just I, I, before I even say anything, like if you were to like magically transport me to like five years ago and tell me that this is what I was going to witness in the future, I, I don't. I legitimately don't think. I think a pandemic would have been more believable at that time than the idea of Jordan Spieth being this version of himself. Yep, I agree. I it's, agree. It is honestly crazy that this is where we are with him. But, yeah, I mean, it's sad that it happened to him, but it happens. It probably happens to three or four guys every year. We just don't know about it. But, you know, since he was at the top of the game, spotlight, young guy, we know so much about what's happening with him struggling. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, we got world number one playing this week. John Rahm, big Arizona guy, plays almost every year. Wears the Arizona State jersey on 16. How we think old Ramrod's going to do? We think he finishes inside the top 15. Yes. Uh, let's start with Jakey. Okay, Vinny goes yes. Jakey, <laughs> I like that Vince in the last couple of, uh, of pods is the he knows. Like, he's just developed this. I'm getting in here kind of thing. like Tourette. Yeah, he's I, just got to get it out. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Tourette. Exactly. He's just got to say. Uh, I I definitely agree. I I think he. I mean, the guy's a fucking machine. Yeah, he's top fifteen here. Okay. What do you I'm think, gonna, Dougie? I'm gonna say he finishes just outside the top fifteen. I think there's no right. question he makes the cut. But I'm gonna say he just misses it. Do you Let's know how, go ahead. Say, Doug, do you know how many times he's finished outside of the top fifteen in his last ten events? Probably not. Yeah, he probably hasn't. Once at the U.S. Open. Yeah, well, here he's gonna happen a second time. <laughs> T16, it's coming. T16. <laughs> That'll be it. You're right. Um. All right, we're going with the waste management debutante, Rory McIlroy. Let's say, uh, I think we all think, well, actually, we don't know. You think he makes or misses the cut? He, he, I think a lot of people think he's going to play well because this course kind of sets up for him. But uh, let's go ahead with the make or miss cut. Vinny, what do you think? I think Rory makes the cut this week. I think, you think he contends? I do. I, I really do. Yeah, I think there's like enough big names in the field where Rory's like, I got a fucking thunderstorm. These other top 10 guys. And uh, I think he's just going to come out and play really well. Now, the other, the other person in the... Top ten world rankings, who of whom I think is going to be dead this week, is Brooks. But he's not in the top ten. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Thirteenth, I think now. Fourteenth. The guy is plummeting. <laughs> uh, Jakey, what do you think about Rory? And then I'll let you add your thoughts on Brooks as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Rory. 
is make cut top top 20 i'll say um his first time around but you're right doug I mean, if there are like a, a lot of courses where roy mcelroy should like torch him and win this is one of those where he should be pretty good um rooks or Bro- rooks brooks uh vince and i were talking about him last week i think he's still searching for either equipment or something comfortable in his swing um i don't want to go out on a limb and say miscut here it's not going out on a limb he, i mean yeah did he make he missed the cut last week didn't he yeah tory's a lot harder than this place though. well yeah 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 that's true now, i'm gonna say he makes the cut but it's not anything impressive okay all right uh i'm gonna say start with brooks i think he misses the cut i just i, I just he's 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 searching he's wandering He'll find it. He's going to find it at some point, but uh, he's, he's still wandering right now. Uh, I think old Rory, yeah, definitely makes the cut. I think he finishes top five as well in his debut, and which I hope he does because then I think he'll come back for in the next couple of years to try to get a win there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's two more guys I want to go with before we talk a little bit about the USGA news. Our boy Sung M playing. It's no surprise. He plays every week. What do we think Sung Jay is going to do, Vinny? Think he's gonna top five or no top five? We're gonna go really high with him. No, I I don't think he's gonna top five it simply because I think his putter's ice cold right now, like Antarctic cold. <laughs> it's you've seen him miss some really bad putts recently. Um, it's not, I think it takes a little bit of time to get over uh, missing with a flat stick for for these guys especially. So I don't know. I don't think he's gonna top five it. Jakey? Well, I mean, he, I think he shot 32-40 on Sunday last week, um, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say he does not definitely doesn't top five it. I, I think a lot of these young guys, like the putter is a problem. Morikawa's on like his fifth putter of the year. He's tried like a bunch of different models. Hoblin did not putt well last week. Um, M. Vince is definitely right. He does look shaky suddenly on the greens. I'm going no top five. Okay. I am going to say Sungjae contends this week and is right there around the top five. So I'm going to go ahead and say he finishes inside the top five. Uh, but yeah, like those all those guys you said wow. are playing this week. Um, Wolfie's in the field. I think I saw Victor's in the field. Seems mm. like pretty much everybody is there. Is he not playing this week? I thought no, I saw him on the no Hovland. No Hovland this week. Wow. No, he's in Dubai. Oh, okay. Uh, Jason Day also in the field. Uh, Harris English, Vinny's boy is there. Cameron Champ in the field. Daniel Berger in the field. I mean, God, it's such a good field this year. All right, last guy. He has not won since the Waste Management two years ago. Ricky Flower in the field. Do we think Ricky, who has not played well lately, Contends this week, let's say, inside the top 30 at the oh waste management. God. Jake, what do you think? I think that's the best line you've set in this entire thing. Top 30 for Ricky at a course he's really good at with, like, game that is very shaky. Zero form, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say no. He doesn't. Even though it's a great course for him, I he he he's like Spieth in some way. He just looks suddenly very lost. It's got to be the stash. Yeah, I think it's the ninth swing change of his career. And the fact that I, I heard somebody else talking about this, and I wish I could give them credit because I don't remember exactly where I read it or heard it. But like when when Ricky came out, he was in the top half distance wise, you know, 
And now he's very much middle of the road. In fact, probably a little bit lower than middle of the road. And that is a factor. The fact that like he's just getting it gassed by him by like a lot of people now. Um, it's very hard to play golf when you just really aren't in that same sort right. of zip code right. distance wise. Any same sentiments, different sentiments, different. I, I think top 30 is very feasible for him. If he found something last week, I, I of which I actually think he had a good opening round at Tory. Um, I think he, he top 30s it. Um, what's better than to, you know, come back and feel your game out on a, at an event where you have like multiple top tens and a win. So yeah, I think Ricky does mm-hmm. top 30 this. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, I'm going to say no. He misses the cut and does not finish inside the top 30. I just think he's struggling pretty badly right now. Not doing very, very well. Like Jake said, he's kind of struggling with the swing, struggling with a lot of things and, uh, just cannot get it going right now. But, uh, that's okay. Hopefully he proves me wrong. Cause I do like Ricky as a person. I think he's a great guy for tour, especially when he's playing well. Right. Um, and in the waste management atmosphere, that's kind of his, his thing. So, uh, that's all I got for the waste management. Let's go ahead and jump over to the USGA million dollar spend they got on how far they think the ball should fly and what <laughs> clubs people should be hitting. Jake, you want to go ahead and lay out kind of what the what the r- report said and, and kind of what some people are thinking, and you can actually just give us some of your thoughts, and then Vinny and I will chime in. Sure. This is going to be very cliff notes because it's fairly – you know, in depth from what I've read of it. But I mean, basically, you know, they, they, they announced last year that there was going to be a, a, like a study around distance and the golf ball and sustainability. It's, it's masked around a couple of things. Bottom line is um, it seems like the language in this is very much saying that it's time to do something with equipment to start limiting or potentially even rolling back um, the distance gains that have come over the last couple of years primarily in their opinions, thanks to the driver head and the golf ball. Um, and so they lay out a bunch of different ways that this could happen, um, whether it be through like a local rule. Um, they're going to work with equipment companies around ways to do this so that both parties have a chance to kind of get something out of it. There's just a lot going on in the report itself. But I think the main thing is that, um, you know, it seems like the governing bodies of the game have come together with a general consensus that it's time to start reining the game in and start allowing some of the places that they go to play, um, especially some of the classic places, to not be essentially overpowered and kind of embarrassed. Uh, so that's like the gist of the report. I knew I knew that this was. I think we all we had talked about it before that this was definitely coming down the pike eventually. That that they were going to have this report out there, but it's crazy to see it be kind of written so starkly that they are definitely thinking about ways to roll the ball back or, or roll equipment back. I mean, and so this is where I'll go next. In terms of my thoughts on it, I thought a lot about this. You guys know I love golf design. I love courses, um, especially older courses, golden age courses. That's what we have in my area. That's what I've been around playing and, and enjoy going to see. I think it's so simple and it's gotten so complicated, right? You have Webb Simpson coming out talking about it's not about equipment. It's about making golf courses 
more narrow, more dog legs, smaller greens, firmer greens, higher rough. You have Rory, who, like, I love what Rory generally has to say, came out today, like, literally just before we're recording this, and said that he thinks the USGA and the RNA are focusing on the wrong thing. Uh, it shouldn't be worrying about distance. It should be about, you know, growing the game and diversifying the game, which is also very true. He's not wrong there. You should be focusing on those things. There's a simple and easy solution to this. It's time to bifurcate the game. I don't know why it's so hard to do this for people. It is. It can be a different set of equipment for the pros and for high-level AMs than there are for the everyday golfer. I mean, there, there were times in history where there were different size golf balls for AMs, pros. I mean, amateurs played a different size golf ball that went a different distance in the early 90s still, in tournaments. Uh, so, like, I just don't know why we aren't, like, it seems like everybody's getting hung up on the idea that, like, we have to roll things back, and, like, the golf ball is going to go shorter for, like, me and you and Vince and the buddies that we play with on the weekend. And, like, the fact is, it's probably not. Like, we're, we're probably not going to get lumped in under those changes, but people seemingly don't want to talk about an easy solution, which is just saying... All right, the pros play these things, and the AMs, you know, that aren't in the US AM, the US four ball, the, you know, the South American AM, all these different high level tournaments, they play this. If you're at your club championship, you can play this, this shit. But if you're, you know, going on tour, you got to play this. Um, so that's, that's really my opinion. And I don't want to like hog up too much time, but I mean, you look at baseball, college players, what do they, what do they play? They play aluminum bats. Little leaguers, aluminum bats. When you go to the pros, guess what? You don't play an aluminum bat anymore. It doesn't happen. So I think a lot of pros are talking about this decision like it's it's a decision for everyone. When in reality, I think this study is really focused on the 0.1%. And uh, I mean, I can understand why a lot of them are worried about that too. Because listen, if you're Rory, that, that could take away a massive advantage that you have. And I, I understand that. But it's time. The game has gotten out of hand. These guys are hitting it so fucking far. Um, and that's just, that's my take on that. I don't, I don't know where you guys stand. Vinny, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, so I read Webb's short comments earlier today and, you know, about courses in general and what needs to change. And then this year, you know, you go out and they play at YLI or whichever course that they, they had a renovation last year. And you think about it, it's like they had to make the course harder for professionals and easier for recreational golfers who also play out there by doing what? They widened the fairways, they, they took out some of the tiers and the greens, and then they made it longer. And yet mm -hmm. the PGA still considers to play on that course for a, a professional event without realizing that the distance doesn't really matter. So, like... You're going to allow courses to make changes, but you're not going to consider said changes in the right way. So that I think that's where Webb is going. He's, say, he's steering you into there's tons of more difficult courses out there that aren't managed a certain way that have the potential to be extremely difficult for us. Why aren't you looking there too? Not just as an equipment, you know, depreciation, whatever. So Ooh. that's my opinion. It's like, yeah, I, I definitely think there's two parts to this equation. 
one of them is equipment. The other one is, you know, course consideration. I think that uh, it was a very peculiar time for this re- report to drop. Just kind of came out of nowhere, in my opinion. I know they've been working on it for quite a while. And they kind of gave some preliminary results last year. I just thought it was an interesting time for it to drop. I I listened to a lot of the players' thoughts on it, and I think a lot of them haven't changed because they do play a different game than, than we do. And they play it very well, and they don't want that their niche to kind of get messed with because they're comfortable. But I I agree. I mean, I think that it's time that you got to bifurcate the game. It's I, I've been a, I've been against it actually for quite a while, and now I'm kind of changing my tune. I I think that. <clears throat> It's, in some events, it's just not fun to watch because they're just absolutely demolishing these golf courses and there's no teeth. I mean, there's these bunkers and whatnot that they put out in the fairway like at 260, 270 out, and these guys are just flying it by 40 or 50 yards. It's not even in play anymore. And mm-hmm. you can't just keep messing with courses like that. You can't keep building them longer and longer. You're running out of real estate. That's that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. When these guys are like, oh, just make the courses longer and harder. Like, yes, you can make the course setup tougher which is fine is what we do every year for the u.s open and i'd be fine if they did that for every event but they won't because they want people to watch it but then again you're going to get these guys winning events at 30 under par so i think if you they need to bifurcate the game they need to roll the ball back or do something specifically with the club manufacturers i know rory was saying well these manufacturers are so good they'll still find ways to, to skirt those rules i don't think so i think if you figure out a specific spec that these guys every year have to play to for their manufacturers or for the ball that it'll, yes, it'll change the game a little bit, but it's not going to change as much as they think. I I think we all talked about it when the original report came out last year, the guys that are hitting it, like let's say Bryson is hitting it, you know, 370, he's only going to lose, you know, 15 yards or 20 yards. And the guys that are hitting it 300, they're only going to use lose about five yards, you know, or something in that range. So they're not going to be hitting it that much shorter. They're just going to be having to hit, uh, you know, hit some different shots here and there, which I think is fine for them. Those are they're the most talented golf athletes in the world. And like Jake, you, you brought up a good point. You know, with the other sports, they play different rules. You know, even even in basketball, I know they're playing with the same basketball, but they their three point line moves back when they go from college to the pros. So it's, uh, you know, it's something that all the other sports are, are basically already doing and it's time for, for golf to do it because if not to Rory's point, these younger players aren't going to do it because they're just going to say, Hey, there's no way I'll be able to keep up with, with these guys and they'll go play other sports, which I think is what we don't want because whether COVID was a good thing or a bad thing, it's brought a lot of people to the game of golf and, and we're hoping we can, we can keep a lot of those people in the sport. So. Mm-hmm. My thoughts are bifurcation is for the best. They need to figure out the right way to do it. If that takes, you know, another two years to figure that out, then so be it. Do it. But make sure you do it the right way the first time. Agreed. Instead of rele- instead of releasing a half-ass spec that doesn't work out, and then they got to go back on their word and change it again, then it just makes the golf look bad, which I think they – which is not good for golf. I think they have a, a tendency of doing, especially with the different broadcasts and changing back and forth and coverage and other things like that. They've done a, a very poor job of in the last of three to five years. So let's hope they get it right the first time. I'm rooting for them. I think it's it's needed, and uh, I think it's it's definitely coming and and sh- it will be a positive thing I, when it happens for the first time. People are going to think it's negative, but they'll they'll quickly I think learn that it's the best thing for the game. 
Can I, can I jump in and say one more thing real quick? Mm-hmm. So I think, um, oh, I just kind of lost my train of thought a little bit there. So I think like one of the things that Vince was kind of getting at is something to like kind of let marinate in your head a little bit when you're thinking about this idea of potentially like rolling the ball back and these potential rule changes and whatever. When Webb is talking about like what he thinks should happen with the golf course, it's getting to what I think is actually potentially the like overall bigger problem with what distance has done to the game. Like I think in a lot of ways, golf before our time in golf, I would say like even into like the early part of like the, the uh, tiger era, you know, let, let's just mark it as like pre uh, 2008, we'll, we'll say is when that ends. I'm just making that up because it's an easy thing, you know, with that being Tiger's last win before the Masters. I think in a lot of ways, golf was much less of a sort of standard equation. And it was like some very, very much like higher level math, right? Very abstract where there were, you know, a lot of ideas of how you could get to the answer to whatever the problem is. What Wed is talking about is the fact that golf has become a formula. Bueller. We lose him. I think we did. Formula is a good word to end on, though. So <laughs> when Jake when Jake kicks back in here, we'll let yeah, him pick yeah. back up. But yeah, Doug, I you said something very interesting in your in your. I'm I'm here. I'm oh, here. Sorry, oh, there he I is. dropped out. <laughs> My bad. Don't worry, I, we picked I, up. We picked up. Go ahead, Jake. I'll let you continue, and then I'll, I'll give Doug my extra two cents on on my you said agreement. formula, Jakey. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I have no idea why it dropped at that time. I'll have to magically probably cut this. But nah, we're uh, fine. It'll roll. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I think it's just become a very easy formula, right? I think golfers are told or, or essentially learn to hit it as far as possible within the sort of standard deviation of like keeping it near the fairway, right? Like hit it fairly straight and the equipment has helped that. And then develop one really stock shot that you hit into most um, greens and, and kind of work from there. And then around the green, you still have some level of sort of this creativity or this, this higher level math that I'm talking about. The thing is some of that other stuff is just so far gone. And Webb is a great example of a guy that's just like, Here's my equation. I play this funky draw, and I'm just going to play it on every shot. I'm going to hit it as straight as possible. I'm going to you know, get it as close to the flight. And he's great at that. But if you make golf courses narrow, if you make rough, long, and you make greens tiny, it makes the equation easy. It makes golfers really, really comfortable. Your scores, the scores on tour will be just as low, if not lower, with those parameters as if uh, you were to create some sort of extremely wide and outrageously abstract golf course where pros don't always totally know what the best way to get to the hole is. Like I guarantee you, if you made that a shorter hole with those same, uh, with, with different ideas, wider ideas, bigger green, funkier green, whatever, you'd have the same scores or maybe higher scores than if you did this like weird, crappy, narrow, boring golf. And, and I think that that's a big thing that's happened as distance has become the premium. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yep. I mean, Doug mentioned the U.S. Open last year, and uh, I think that was the biggest variety event of the year, to be honest. I mean, I, I understand the USGA and the PGA are different, different people, whatever. Um, 
there's no reason that horses can't play that tough in regular events. Like that's what I'm saying. Like Bryson, sure he was he was six under right, and there was one person at three under, and then everybody else was even par or worse. But look at how difficult that was for for people that are not Bryson, right? Um, and that that's one person out of a 150 person field. How can you say that there isn't a way to toughen the game up by the by with the course? So, I I, I think him shooting six under was not where it had nothing to do with like this conversation, but. <laughs> the the ability of a golf course to actually have some teeth. So um, I honestly think the PGA needs to reconsider where they host events and have shorter term contracts with some of these with some of these events where they're not playing the same course ten years in a row and things mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And you know, get some more courses out on a you know out into the open. Yeah, I think some of that has to do with viewership, but I think, and when I say that, I mean people getting on the property, but I, I think that you're, you bring up a good point because, you know, after you play it so many times in a row, you figure out how to beat the system, uh, whether it's sure. you find corners to break down or, or take it over the trees, et cetera, they figure it out. And, and, you know, I think that, like you said, Ben, the U.S. Open every year is a test because it's a course that, you know, they, they may play there once every seven or eight years. Um, but it's not like they're playing there every year, so they can't prep for it. And uh, I think that that's how the game should be. I think, uh, you know, you're going to have guys like Bryson that are going to break the system every once in a while during an event. Tiger did it at Pebble Beach. He won by whatever, 14 shots. You know, mm-hmm. Bryson won by a large margin last year. There's just going to be weeks where guys are just completely dialed in and they beat the field by a lot. But I think in, in the majority of it, if they're a shorter stint, uh, schedule. And when I say schedule, I mean, if you, let's say the waste management, well, that probably doesn't need to move, but one event is there for three years and then they go somewhere else by doing that. People can't prep as much. Uh, and, and it just makes for, I, I think will make for, for better for the sport, but, uh, only time will tell. We could be completely wrong. Who knows? But I hope we aren't. I think we we're all on the same things. I, I think the general public is, is ready for a change. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. I know we can we could talk about this topic for hours. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, but for the general sentiment, we, we've kind of gotten our thoughts out there for today. We'll see what comes of it. I'm sure there'll be another report released this year or next year, and we'll talk about it again. But what uh, anybody have any closing thoughts on this before we, we sign off on our first uh, GD? I'm good, man. I, yeah, I got like- it all off my chest. Cut the grass different direction. I could say a thousand different things about how we can change we're, it. But. We're yeah. good. We're good. We had our first GD. We appreciate it. Hope everybody enjoyed. GD stands for Gentleman's Double, which we will be using a lot of, the GD boys in business. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed episode number one, and I hope you enjoy the waste management this week. We will be back this weekend, potentially, with the second episode. We're going to be trying to get some right after the tournament recap. It's going to be a little tough this week because of the Super Bowl. But maybe we'll get something out Monday to talk about the waste management. And then we'll be back next week with our full uh, episode uh, number two. Uh, we appreciate the time. Vinny, did you come up with a, a closing? You know, this? I haven't tested it yet. Let's so we'll it. see. We'll, we'll try a couple of them. So we will see. But uh, yeah, no, I guess 
it's all of our opportunities to thank people. So we thank you all for, for supporting us in this transition to the gentleman's double. And, uh, God, I, I almost want to say the original thing still. It, it's just stuck in my head after three <laughs> you years. locked it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Doug, do you have an ideas? All right. I have go. nothing, but hold on, hold on. Sign out. <laughs> first, the first is fo- follow our Instagram now. I know the handle has changed, so there may be some confusions there, but it's at the gentleman's double. That's it. Uh, the new uh, Acast, which is the service we use for our podcast, is going to be linked in our bio. We also actually have a live website as well. So that website link will be in there too. So we're kind of, we're stepping it up. And we're always looking for uh, partnerships or being able to collaborate with other people. So if you you think that we might be a good fit, you know, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. We'll be happy to to talk to you as we're going to be bringing on some new people this year uh, as far as guests and trying to grow the show. That's all I've got. So we're going to sign off like that. We'll figure something out. Vinny has a job, homework for next week. Everybody enjoy and have a great evening, gentlemen. (laughs) 